Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. mentioned a couple of times today in the service that we weren't here Wednesday night and we're not going to just try to make all of that up today but uh, we weren't here Wednesday night and uh, I, I feel that the Lord has given me something to say and when Brother Jerry got up this morning and began to speak I was very confident that the Lord has given me something to say because they just seem to dovetail together and so I believe the Spirit of God is wanting to speak something to this church on this day. And so if you'll just give me your attention, uh, you can just remain seated if you'd like, but join me in the book of Proverbs chapter 11 and verse number 3. I'm going to talk about a subject this morning that is vital to all of our lives, both naturally and spiritually. And so I ask the Lord to just touch his word to our heart this morning right up front. The book of Proverbs chapter 11 and verse number 3. The scripture says, the integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. There are completely two different groups or categories of people that that Solomon is addressing here, and he gives us two specific keys that determine the outcome of these two groups of people. The integrity of the upright will guide them, but the perverseness of the transgressors shall destroy them. And so today, with the help of the Lord, I want to talk to you about one thing, and that is integrity. I want to talk to you about integrity because it's the right thing. It is the right thing. Amen. I I don't know what I personally could add to what's already been said today, but with the help of the Lord, I pray that we can just put a little bit more on all of our plates this morning, including those of us who are speaking, because we want to not just be this uh, for you for a moment, but I want to to be what I heard this this morning. I want to be that. And so our character, our character is an outward expression of really what our values are inside, our character. Someone said our character is who we are when no one's looking. When no one's listening, that's who we really are. That person that you wake out of a dead sleep, that's who we really are. With our guard down, with our shields down, with our defenses down, that's who we really are. Of all the character traits that are found in the Bible, I believe that among the top list of those that would be the most valuable would be the word integrity. Because if a man is faithful but he lacks integrity, his faithfulness will eventually wane. If a man is honest, but he lacks integrity, his honesty will one day become dishonesty. 
If a man professes, if, if, if a man professes to be ethical and yet, uh, and yet integrity, integrity uh, is not there in his life, in the core of his life, then, then at some point in his life, then his ethics are just going to be situational. It will just be determined by which way the wind is blowing. But who we are at the core must be solid. It must be there. It must be real. And so to live a life that is pleasing to God and ultimately successful spiritually, then we must have integrity. Solomon went on to write in Proverbs 20 and 7, A just man walketh in his integrity. And then, as has already been mentioned today, uh, those down the line from us are going to be affected positively or negatively. But here's what the scripture says. A just man walketh in his integrity and his children are blessed after him. There's a residual effect of doing the right thing, making the right decision. And so if we were to just turn to Daniel Webster's dictionary to define integrity, this is what we would find. Uh, among many definitions, one of them is the state of being complete or the state of being undivided. And so from this definition, we understand that every venture that we undertake must be done with a certain level of integrity because integrity is going to determine the outcome of that. It, it, will, it will determine how this all ends. The same word used when it refers to the part of the wardrobe that was worn by the high priest. One, one of the portions of the high priest. Uh, garment is his breastplate. And then a part of that breastplate, among many things, there were two stones, one of them referred to as the thumbin. And so that's what we would find here in this, is the right thing. And so when, the, when that is properly translated, it is used to uh, portray to us an emblem of truth or an emblem of accuracy or an emblem of wholeness. The high priest had to walk in complete truth. The high priest was called on to walk and to live every day with utmost integrity. It was through these two stones, the urine and the thumb, that the will of God was revealed to Israel. These were critical portions of the, uh, of the priest in his breastplate. And so in our lives, then we can expect to know the will of God when we walk in integrity, when we get up every day and ask the Lord uh, to order our steps in your word. Amen. Help me today. Help me to be sensitive. I have no idea, no more than anyone in this house, what the next phone call will bring or what the next 30 seconds will bring. And so I ask you, God, to order my steps in your word. And so I've got to walk integrity, in integrity. If we were to turn to the book of Ephesians 6, in this particular chapter among several verses here, it gives us a list about the armor of God. And these are vital pieces of, of spiritual garments that must be worn because we are indeed engaged in spiritual warfare. And so if we are to succeed and if we are even to survive, then we must understand these are for our protection. I'm not going to spend a lot of time, but I just want to refresh you because the scripture talks about the, the girdle of truth. We possess truth but we possess it with a purpose and we hold it with intention, not truth loosely held, not truth that, uh, not truth that can be snatched away or taken away, but a girdle of truth. It holds that truth and so we possess it with purpose. An integral part of that purpose is that we are intending to pass this truth from one generation to another. 
Just a few weeks ago, I preached a message entitled Generation to Generation and how important it is that we possess this truth and that when we hand this truth to another generation that they have the exact same opportunity to experience what we have experienced. And so in order to do that successfully, then I must make sure that this is not damaged in the process. The latter portion of Ephesians 6.14 says, and having the breastplate of righteousness. Just as the high priest was clothed to do service for God in like fashion, so we are clothed as well. The shoes of the gospel of peace, the gospel of Jesus Christ, I believe is a gospel of peace. And so by having our feet shod, that means that, that this goes with us wherever we go. There's never a day that we don't take this gospel of peace with us. There's never a place that we would go without the gospel of peace. The scripture talks about the shield of faith and oh, what purpose faith has in our lives. Hebrews 11 and 6 emphatically declares that without faith, it is impossible to please God. The scripture in Ephesians talks about the helmet of salvation because without a helmet, our, our head is left unprotected. And our head is so important because it is the seat of knowledge and it is the seat of authority. And so we must protect our mind at all times. Our knowledge of salvation is what protects us and it's what provides spiritual authority in our lives and for our families. And so without this protection and assurance, we are prey to false teaching and deceptive guidance. I will say again, it matters what you listen to. It matters where you lend your time and your attention because I, I don't want false teaching in my mind. I don't want false teaching. I don't want that in my spirit. I want to hold on to the truth of God's word. This scripture mentions the sword of the spirit. Many of the elements of the Christian armor that is mentioned in this long list of Ephesians are somewhat defensive or protective in nature. But when you get to the sword of the spirit, it is a weapon of warfare because God did not just intend the church to live always in some defensive posture. But I believe there are times and seasons where the church, amen, must we, uh, we must move forward aggressively and counter, and counter the enemy. I'm gonna tell you what you do with sin. You cry out against sin. That's what you do. You don't just try to defend yourself from it. That's part of it. But at some point, you gotta cry out and move against it. And we gotta point at that and say, that is wrong. Amen. We can't do this and I can't go there. I can't allow that in my spirit. I can't allow that in my life because God intended the church. Amen. The church again is, some, is not some anemic body that is just hoping to make our way through life. But the church is the church triumphant. Hallelujah. I want to go back to one piece of this armor, the breastplate of righteousness. One author wrote it this way, the breastplate of integrity. The breastplate's position is very, very important because it denotes its significance. It was designed to cover the upper torso of the body. And in doing so, this wasn't just something to look at. This wasn't just something to be admired. This wasn't just something to impress those around you. But when it is positioned correctly, it covers the vital organs of our life, our heart and our lungs, because there is the source of sustenance and strength. And so this is not something we don't so that we can look righteous or holy, but this is something we put on because I gotta protect those things that are giving me life. And so without this critical 
piece of armor. An individual can be mortally wounded with very, very little effort. And so just like the breastplate of the high priest symbolized absolute truth and absolute integrity, the breastplate of righteousness is also a symbol of of integrity for us. And so we must guard our very existence. We must guard our very lives by knowing that we are men and women of integrity. If we say we are going to do something, we need to be men and women of our word. Can I get an amen? Amen. If our heart is not covered with integrity, then we too can suffer a mortal wound. Every thought, every word, every deed, every action, it must be governed. It must be regulated by the power of integrity. And so we got to maintain our integrity. I got to make sure, I got to make sure I keep that in check every day. As I've already stated, the word integrity speaks uh, factually about being sound or complete are whole. And so in order to walk in integrity, then we must walk according to the word of God. Now that is a huge statement. Amen. If we're going to walk in integrity, then I must walk according to the word of God. So that means that my desires, my wishes, my wants, they must succumb to the will and to the desire of God. Amen. So we struggle Many times in our sinful nature with its influences. Amen? That old man that rises up. Amen. I I wouldn't ask for a show of hands because I wouldn't want to embarrass anybody, including myself. But there have been days we talked ourselves out of prayer. There have been days we talked ourselves out of doing the right thing. There have been days we talked ourselves out of not reading the Bible and we wrote it all off. We struggle with that old man. And ultimately, if we are not striving for what I'm talking about today, we will succumb to that. Amen. God is not pleased with people who are less than totally and wholly committed to him. He said, I would that you would either be cold or hot because it's this lukewarmness that I can't tolerate. It's the lukewarmness that said that God God said, I will spew you out of my mouth. I would that you were on or that you were off. And today I'm reaching for us to be on and all the way on, in and all the way in, committed and all the way committed. We find at various times that Israel would struggle in the area of integrity. Amen. And when their integrity failed, they drifted away from God. It's an example to us that it is impossible to wholly serve God without integrity. When we allow our integrity to become compromised, then we are distancing ourselves from God because God will not put his hand on that. God's not going to bless that. I've mentioned it many, many, many times since I ever heard Brother Daryl Johns preach about living a life that God can bless. We can't ask God to bless something and then tie his hands by the way we're living. We can't say, God, bless me, and then tie God's hands by our actions and our deeds. And so I can't allow my integrity to be compromised because when I do, that drives a wedge between God and myself. Listen to this verse. I want to read it slowly, and I want to read it methodically. Proverbs 4 and 18. The Bible says, The path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The path of the just is 
as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. And so what is being said here by Solomon is that our pathway is a pathway that is seen as a shining light to those that are around us. Whether you like it, whether you're comfortable with what I'm about to say, will have no bearing on its truth. But somebody is watching how you live. And somebody is watching how we respond. Somebody's watching how we treat others. And somebody's watching how we treat our companions and our... They're watching how we treat our children. They're watching how we handle ourselves under pressure. Amen. They're also watching us live when life is coming our way and all is well. And so our lives is a light that is shining in the pathway of others. And so that means that as God has baptized us with his spirit, that he has called us to live a higher standard than the standard of the world. I'm gonna tell you what the church is doing ought to be so much more significant than what's happening around us the church ought to stand out. Amen. The church ought to notice when somebody that has the Holy Ghost walks in a room. Not just by what we wear. That's a part of it. Not just by how we act. That's a part of it. But there ought to be something in our heart. There ought to be something in our spirit. Amen. That follows a higher standard. It also means that we value the things of God above the things of the world. When we enter into business transactions, it's not the philosophy of the world that should, that should guide us. It is not the thoughts of men that should guide us, but rather our business ought to be conducted with integrity. We need to honor our word. We need to pay our bills. We need to make honest evaluations. We need to speak the truth in love. Amen. Everywhere we go, there ought to be something that says, you know what, that man, that woman, they're just a notch above. Amen. I'm not talking about being better than holier than that, mightier than. I'm just talking about integrity that sets us apart of the mainstream philosophy and thinkings of the world. I want to give you something to think about along these lines. Proverbs 20 and 14, the Bible says this. It is not, it is not, saith the buyer, but when he has gone his way, then he boasteth. Amen. It is not, it is not, saith the buyer, but when he has gone his way, then he boasteth. What does this scripture mean? The message Bible says this. The shopper says, that's just junk. I'll take it off your hands. But then he goes off boasting about the bargain that he just got. I'm talking about being honest. Being having integrity, Amen. If I'm going to buy, if I'm going to buy something from this man, I don't need to go down there, Amen. I don't need to just talk about how bad the things are. I don't need to point out everything that's negative just so I can beat him to death on a price. You may be seated. <laughs> I don't just need to beat somebody up over all of that and then walk away and crow about what a good job, what a good good deal I have done. Amen, let the spirit, we need to walk away. If we're buying something, that seller ought to be able to say, you know what, that was a man or a woman of integrity. I'm just like you. I want the best deal I can get, but I want to preserve my name in the process. I don't want somebody to think that I'm just going to tear them apart, rip them apart, and then come over to you and talk about how I got such a good deal because I convinced them that what they had was junk. Amen, am I right down where we're living today I'm talking about integrity it's the right thing we've got to make honest evaluations when we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost we received a new nature amen we received a new life and so in order to maintain this I've got to feed that I've got to strengthen that man that means I've got to live right I've got to walk right I've got 
to walk with integrity, if we're going to profess to be Holy Ghost filled, then we have got to also say, I need to be Holy Ghost led. Amen. I don't need to just be filled with the Spirit, but I need to be led by the Spirit in everything that I do. It's tragic that so many people who profess to be Spirit-filled do not deal honestly. It is the truth. It is the sad truth. The only way to grow in the Spirit is let the Spirit lead us and guide us. And as we do, we'll be strengthened in the hand, by the hand of the Lord. Amen. There are rewards that come our way by doing the right thing. Some people think, well, the, you know, the good man, the, the honest man, he always finishes last. I want to tell you, don't close the book yet. Amen. Don't put it on the shelf yet because God has not had the last word. I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Psalms 26. These scriptures are not going to be on the screen if you have your Bibles. I want you to join me there in Psalms 26. If you don't have your Bible, ask yourself why. Amen. In this passage, in this passage, David gives us an insight to the rewards and the blessings of living a life of integrity. As you study these 12 verses, just 12 verses here, but oh, they're full of a lot of great things. We can see what David was able to talk about that he did in his life. Now, we know both sides of David's life, but, but David committed himself to live a life of integrity. Without integrity, he could have never asked the Lord to do some of the things that are listed here, much less walk away with such a testimony. And so the first thing that we notice as we consider this word... <coughs> is that David willingly asked the Lord to judge him. Amen. He can do this, he says, because he has walked in integrity. We're going to put verse 1 on the screen there for you. The Bible says, Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord, therefore I shall not slide. And so David just said, walks in, closes the door behind him and said, Lord, I want you to judge me. I want you to look at the core of my heart. I want you to look into the crevices of my life because I have walked in mine integrity and I have trusted in you, Lord. Therefore, I shall not slide. And so when we, when we are living right, we have no fear of God judging us. It is the individual that's lived deceitfully that is afraid of the judgment of God. Secondly, because David walked in his integrity, he states that his life of integrity is going to hold his feet sure. It's going to keep me from sliding. That literally means he said, I will not waver because I have have trusted in the Lord because I have walked in my integrity then I will not waver I'm going to tell you when it comes time to perform practice has been over a long long time well the time you are ready to perform you have long stopped practicing and so I tell us this morning that when we walk out of this house we are called upon to live a life of integrity it's not practice anymore now it is time to perform what God has given birth to in our lives and so only with a, uh, only a person of integrity can stay the course and not allow circumstances to turn them to the left or to the right. Then David states the blessings that he found that come with walking integrity and I'm going to cover these quickly. He said the loving kindness of the Lord is ever before me. He said he walks in truth. 
He does not sit with vain persons. He does not fellowship with those who are deceitful. He hates those that do evil. He does not spend time with the wicked. He is pure and clean in the presence of the Lord. He's thankful and proclaims the works of God. He loves the house of God and being in the presence of God. He then petitions God to keep him from evil influences. He declares his intention to continue to walk in integrity. Amen. I say, Lord, help us this day that we might arm ourselves and robe ourselves with the value of this word. You know, a few years back, the prayer of Jabez really caught on. Several books and things were written about it. The prayer of Jabez is basically four things. That the Lord's, uh, that the Lord's hand would be upon his life, that the Lord's blessings would be upon his life, and that his coast would be enlarged. And then the fourth thing, the fourth thing, if you're gonna reach for any of the four, go for number four. And he said, and Lord, preserve me. Keep me from the evil of this present world. Amen, I'm gonna tell you, because if God's hand is on you, and if God's blessing you and if God enlarges your coast but God has not preserved you from the evil of this world then all of that will not matter but I will tell you that if God can preserve us from the evil of this world hallelujah his hand of blessing it can use that can be used to propagate the gospel not just in our own lives and families but around the world amen I think it's interesting I think it's interesting that in verse number one, David says, I have walked. And now in verse 11, he says, I will walk. It's not enough to have integrity in your yesterday, but we need to have integrity today and into our tomorrows. David said, I have walked. Amen, I have done this. And in the end of this verse, at the end of, almost to the end of this chapter, he says, and I will. I didn't just start out, but I am gonna finish this race. I didn't wanna just start out right, but I wanna end right. Amen. It's not enough to have walked yesterday, but it's what we're gonna do tomorrow. Because in five minutes or less, you can destroy a reputation that it has taken a lifetime to build. Decisions. Decisions. God is driving something home in our hearts today. Now, I don't think I have to do this, but I think maybe me and Brother Jerry will feel better if I do this. We have not talked about any of this, have we? <laughs> no. So I think God is trying to drive something home to all of us here today. Amen. In closing, I'm going to just say this. It is one thing to read what David wrote in Psalms 26 about choosing a life of integrity. However, there is something totally different to hear what God has to say about David's life. One thing to hear what David has to say about his life. But it's a completely thing to hear what God has to say about his life. And in Psalm 78... 71 and 72, this is what the Lord said. From following the ewes, great with young, he brought him to feed Jacob his people and Israel his inheritance. Look closely at verse 72, talking about David. So he fed them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. There's two things there. He fed them according to the integrity of his heart, but he guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. 
Now, God-given talent and ability are to be commended, and I am so thankful for the talent that God has blessed us as a church to have. But I'm going to tell you that if we have all of this talent without integrity, we are in trouble. We are in trouble. David was a man that God equipped to lead the nation of Israel. But within his own heart, David had to determine and exercise that talent and that ability with integrity. A man can be one of the greatest auto mechanics of all time. He can have talent and ability, but if he doesn't have integrity, he can destroy you. Amen. A teacher, a preacher, you can put whatever name on the list you want to put, can have all the natural giftings and talent and ability, but if they only possess that without integrity, it won't be long until the ship is ashore, run aground on the rocks. And so I say, Lord, thank you for our talent. Thank you for the giftings that you have blessed us wherever that may function in the church. But, oh, Lord, most of all, most of all, help us to realize the value of integrity. We need to be men and women of worth. We need to know that when something is said, somebody can count on that. Somebody can count on that. I mean, you know now, just to give one example to end this all, but you know in your own life, in your own world, not, maybe not even people here, but just maybe somebody in your family or friends, You know that if they tell you they're going to meet you tomorrow at 8 o'clock, you know in your mind at 10 till 8 they're going to be there. And there are others in your life you know that at 10 after 8 they're on their way. (laughs) At a high rate of speed they're on their way. We all get in trouble sometimes. We all miscalculate our route sometimes and our journey sometimes. But I'm going to tell you what is sadly true. I've met people in my life, and I'm sure I'm not an anomaly here. But I've met people in my life that were hours late. I've met some people that never showed up. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. And so we got to show up. we got to be counted. Because in a world of such uncertainty, the world at large is looking for somebody they can put their trust in and their confidence in. And you know what? God has blessed us to be that someone. He's filled us with His Spirit and anointed us. Let's stand together. Can we do that? When we let the spirit, the power, the peace of God, let it guide our steps. Let it allow us to become what he desires for us to be. Amen. He's not looking for wishy-washy people that have no stability to them. But he's looking for people that can stand. The test of time, proven, proven. I was speaking with a friend yesterday and
he was talking to me about a friend that he has had in Texas for a number of years. It's been many, many years since he lived in Texas, his home. But he said, here's how he defined the friendship. He said, here's here's how our friendship goes. He said, I cannot see them for months or even maybe a couple of years. And he said, but when we sit down, it just seems like we pick up right where we left off. People that can be counted on. People that are there. People that you can trust. People that you can lean on because you know they're going to catch you. Integrity is the right thing. Amen. I wonder if we can combine the words of God that we have heard today, if we could pull them into our spirit and let God make of us what He is desiring of us. Amen. That's what I want to be. I know I've almost worn this out. It is not original to me. But it truly convicts me every time I say it, think about it. But the saddest thing that will ever happen to any of us is to get to the end of our life and be stood beside the person that we could have been. That would be the saddest thing in the world, to be stood beside the person that we could have been. I want to reach with all that I have and become what God intends for us to be. Let's worship the Lord as we close with this song. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806. Or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.